Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Some people rate themselves up here as Brad Pitt. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you're no Brad Pitt. Relax there now. Mm. And so Mammy would have told me I'm a lovely boy all my life. Yeah. And so I believe it. So I'm 30 stone, but I'll still ask for a nice slim blonde who's a size eight yeah. and blue eyes. So he, he might say stuff like, Arisha, Jesus, she was grand and all, but Christ, if I had a lorry load of Mickey's, I wouldn't give her one. And okay. uh, this is genuine feedback that has been uh, heard over the years. How are you? Well, this is a bit of a different kind of episode for you this week. It's the week of the Rose of Tralee, of course. Love and romance is in the air. The High King of the Rose himself, Dahi O'Shea, was my special guest last week. I had really good fun with him. So we've decided to make this week's episode all about love. Well, specifically, why so many people in Ireland need a lot of help finding love or have difficulty finding love. And what do they do when they have difficulty? Did you know that there are around two million single people in Ireland? Two million. In a country of five million people, that's a pretty big number compared to a lot of other countries around the world, I'm led to believe. So what is it about us Irish that has these numbers so high? And what can we do about it? Fergal Harrington is my special guest on this week's podcast. He runs a well-known matchmaking company called Intro Matchmaking, where he and his team help people to meet their perfect partner. Fergal has seen it all, heard it all. And in this episode, he tells me all the stories and shares all the advice. One of my most hated expressions is what's meant for you won't pass you by because it really does pass you by. I had a guy on the phone last week and he was 47. The last time we spoke, he was 38. No joke and nothing happened in between. So we need to put ourselves out there. Like we shouldn't be surprised we're single if we're doing nothing about not being single. A lot of guys then ring up and say, have you any foreign women on your books? And what that's code for is, I'm scared of Irish women because they're too threatening, because they're too advanced and they're too impressive and I can't keep up. Yeah, an entire, like a lot of farm, like 20 something farm animals. And then they got loose around a field outside the restaurant and, and this was supposed to be romantic. There's a lot of Peter Pan syndromes out there, a lot of commitment phobic sort of stuff. Yeah. The mammies will be spoiling them rotten, saying, oh, she yeah. don't be leaving me. Your grand where you are. No one will cook and clean the way I cook and clean for you. She, yeah. She's only looking to get pregnant. She's only looking for your land. Yeah, and so yeah. they become super paranoid. That's all coming up in just a minute with Fergal. But first, just a little reminder that you are right now listening to one of the nominees for Best Podcast of the Year Awards at the Irish Podcast Awards 2022. We're so happy to have been nominated in a very competitive uh, category. Uh, We're up in Best Comedy uh, Podcast of the Year. In there with the likes of the two Johnnies and even Talking Bollocks. (laughs) which many people would accuse me of. And it's all down to your support over the last year and a half. You've been listening. You've been subscribing, following, rating and reviewing in your droves. And all of this has really helped keep this little project of ours going strong for the last year and a half. The awards are on in September and we'll be sure to let you know how we get on in the night. Um, In the meantime, if you want to listen to some of my own favourite comedy sketches over the last few months, just scroll down a few centimetres on the Mario Rosenstock podcast channel you're on right now and you'll find my summer comedy blockbuster episode right there for your listening pleasure. If you want to get in touch uh, with me personally, it's mariorosenstock at gmail.com. I read them all and get back to about 95% of them Um, with any of your suggestions as well for guests, uh, criticisms um, or compliments. I'll take them all. Um, like water off a duck's back. 
But like, anyway, let's get back to the main event. Fergal Harrington is standing by and ready to share some great stories and some expert advice on how we find that elusive thing called love. First of all, let's just have a bit of a bit of an overview here. How big is the dating industry in Ireland and what's your role in it? So there's about 2 million single people in the country, 1.55 million unattached, never married, and 418,000 separated and divorced people. In a, in a nation of 5 million, that's, uh, that's fairly large. And uh, you'd wonder why it is so large. And it begs the question. Uh, our role in it is to provide a face-to-face, um, real, honest, frank and honest matchmaking agency for people who are looking for long-term relationships only. So it's not, it's not the hookup kind of culture uh, in here. So it's for people who are fed up of time wasting and people who just want more of a kind of a direct route approach don't mess with me. Don't mess with my mind. Just tell it like it is and be honest. If you want a relationship, great. If you don't, don't waste each other's time. So in a way, it's like it's in a way it's, it's different to online dating because online dating has the kind of slightly, let's say, um, more direct route towards, listen, you know, it's either sex or no sex and I'm walking out of the room. And this is more about building a relationship according to bespoke uh, characteristics that you may be seeking in others. Exactly. The online uh, scenario is is very tiresome for people. People are ringing now and saying, I'm so exhausted. I'm jaded. Mm, I'm dealing mm. with Johnny and Mary and they're just not right. They're not at the races. Yeah. They just want one night stands. They don't tell the truth. They're lunatics. Where are all the normal people is actually the most frequently asked question I get every single day. And I say, where are you looking, Mary? And Mary says, sure, I'm on Tinder and Bumble and POF and I'm on, you know, Grindr or whatever else I'm on. And I say, well, there's your point. You're on free dating apps, you lunatic. Would you ever put some money into it and you know set yourself aside and be invested physically mentally and financially in the right place because if you put yourself in the right pool of people that are actually looking for the same outcome as you are the chances are you're going to get more success uh, but people are three and four years wondering yeah but maybe it'll work next time yeah maybe the, maybe the next guy mm. a lot of people really and truly i honestly believe are on tinder for the stories that they get to tell on whatsapp groups after they love <laughs> yeah they love saying wait till you hear what your man sent me wait till you see this pic wait till you see this and it's all like you know drama people loving chaos in their life and you're like that's okay true. you're complaining about it but you're not stopping it i think that's a very perceptive um comment actually people there are a lot of people in the world who love misery drama and chaos they pretend they don't and all you hear them is going you wouldn't believe how bad this fellow was and they're, oh, there, yeah. and they're kind of they're kind of reveling in it. They'll never find they happiness, and they're kind of reveling in the misery they had. It's like the people who hate their job and they go home and they bitch and moan to their wife or husbands about like I hate my manager, I hate my job, I hate my life in general. But they won't go on to a recruiter and say maybe I should change things up a little bit. Did the Ian Dempsey Breakfast Show uh, for twenty five years or twenty two years did a thing called the Top Flight Ski Trip, in which we would oh, go yeah. on a ski trip and thousands of people would come with us, and often pe- people would pair off and fall in love with each other on the ski trip. But there was one fella, and surprisingly, his name would you believe was Fergal. He used to yeah. come and he came on di- year one. And he just drank all the way through the holiday. And we'd see him and he'd be just like bug-eyed at the end of the holiday, pale, his skull, um, just hanging out in the snow. And he would go and he'd, he'd say to us, this was the worst ski trip I've ever been on. The next year we came back, right? And he went, he'd be there again. Now this costs about three grand to go on. He'd be there again. He says, I can't believe it. It's even worse than last year. Yeah. This is yeah. the worst ski trip. 18 years later, he was still going to it. <laughs> it was just- My- 
we are our own worst enemy. That's the thing. I actually know about that. My, my, my sister sings in the Harleys with uh, Danny and the guys, and they, are, they often have done the, 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 the ski trip. So, yeah, yeah. I know about it. Um, and it looks like gas crack, but is it a place that you're going to meet the, the love of your life for the rest of your life? I don't know. It's the same as Tinder. It's, it's a fun hookup place. And the, the mm-hmm. drinking culture, I suppose, it brings it back to back in the day in Ireland where everyone went out and, well, do you want to meet someone? Go out and get hammered on a Friday and Saturday night. It was mm. all very, you know, sure. What's wrong with you? Why would you be doing nothing else other than going out and getting hammered? And this, this, this pressure that Irish people, especially Irish lads, had on them. Would you stop being like, stop worrying about it? It'll happen. It'll happen. And there's this Irisher. Let's see what happens. And that's one of my one of my most hated expressions is what's meant for you won't pass you by because it really does pass you by. I had a guy on the phone last week and he was 47. The last time we spoke, he was 38. No joke, and nothing happened in between. So we we need to put ourselves out there. Like we shouldn't be surprised we're single if we're doing nothing about not being single. And you know, and Ireland is a funny place because the twitchy curtains and the nosy neighbors and everyone's yeah. gossiping and talking about you in the rural parts, especially. Um, but the two million thing is is pretty shocking. And we, myself and Rena, set this up eleven years ago, eleven and a half or so years ago, and we we did it because we were you know, matched up ourselves by my brother. And we thought, geez, there's nothing out there actually that's that's actually for, it's a, it's nothing bespoke uh, that's actually for people who are looking for a no-nonsense kind of direct route approach, you know, you know, match. And we said, let's become the most exclusive GP-esque dating agency because Irish people's paranoia for confidentiality is enormous. Everyone mm. in here signs seven page long terms and conditions. So no one will know their business. We organize a hundred dates a week and it's booked under Fervil and Rena. You can't even say the name of the person in the restaurant that you're booking the table under other than me or Rena, because they'd get paranoid that everyone will know me business. I had a woman then who wanted to join us back in the day when people used to come to the office and she was coming from Killarney. And she goes, how will I get to you? I said, sure, hop on the train outside the Malton, no big deal. And she said, but sure, geez, they'll be all be wondering where I'm going. And I said, well, don't tell them where you're going or say you're going on a shopping trip to Dublin. We are uber paranoid about everyone gossiping about us. And that is something that holds people back for lifetimes uh, in terms of not meeting anyone. You said two million people. Is that a lot of people in relation to our population in terms of other countries? Do we have a lot of single people in this country per capita or is is that a normal figure, would you think? I think it's three, last time we checked, it's about three times higher than the norm. Um, No, really? That's a significant figure. And we wondered why in year one, we opened the doors. We thought, oh yeah, we're not naive. We, were, we worked in sales and whatever else in the past, mm. the two of us. So we said, let's do this. And then uh, we were shocked within, you know, month one and two and three, we're thinking, Jesus, people are very difficult. People are fierce, difficult to deal with. And uh, the main, we said, let's just focus on what the main issues are and what obstacles and hurdles people are putting in their way. And it was unwillingness to travel, unrealistic age expectations and academic snobbishness. And they sound fairly random, but what I mean is John Joe will ring me and he'll say something along the lines of, I'm in Tralee, have you women in Tralee? And I'd say, oh yeah, we do, yeah, we do, John. But it's not as simple as that, Johnny. I'd say there's a lot more to it. We're looking at the core values, characteristics, uh, family values, future goals, looks, it's all taken into account. Yeah, but I'm just a simple man and I just want a simple woman. And so... There might be, you know, lots of guys around Ireland that want to keep things simple and on the down low and no fuss and no drama. But women are up here and they're looking for, well, is he 6'4"? Does he drive a convertible Beamer? Does he drink fine wines? Does he go to the ski trip every week, every year? So it's it's all very much, guys are looking for here, this level of stuff. Women are looking for that. So it's about trying to get them to meet in the middle is very difficult. And so your, so main, point, we, so your, point, your, your main thrust of your is women are very, very demanding. 
Yes, there are more demanding than men. Yeah, yeah, they have a higher level of more level of more 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 criteria. Far more criteria and specific, unique criteria. Like you know, I I you know I like the quick step, and I'd only really be interested in a man who was very advanced at the quick step. (laughs) And I'm like. Okay. Right, you're lucky if your man is willing to get up onto the actual dance floor in itself and just have yeah. a little boogie with you, let alone be advanced at quick step. So it's just, it's dangerous. We put so many obstacles in our way and we're our own worst enemy so much of the time. But the travel thing is, we have a travel policy that everyone must be willing to travel up to 90 minutes to meet at the halfway point. Yes. Because in Ireland, there's twice as many women living in urban areas than men. Women yes. spend longer in third level education. Therefore, there's more women pocketed in, in Dublin, Limerick, Cork, Galway and Belfast. Yes. And that's why when they're on Tinder or Bumble or POF and they're scratching their head two years down the line, why am I still single? It's because they have a 15 kilometer radius associated with their profile. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. Same with John Joe, who's in Tralee, who won't travel further than Tralee because sure, he's a dairy farmer. And who is he going to get to look after the cows when he's gone? Yeah. And so- yeah, laziness. John will literally say to us all yeah. the time. Sorry, mm. yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. John will always say to us things like, "Well, if I'm in Cork, West Cork, and she's in Limerick, will you find out now if she's willing to move to Cork from Limerick?" And I'm like, "John, you're not getting this. You haven't met the woman for a first date yet. You have to at least meet her, woo her. If the two of you get on, if the two of you have palpable chemistry and you mm. see a future together, it's up to you two to sort that out. And you two will sort that out if you Are people prepared to pay a lot of money to find a partner? Well, it depends what you would regard as a lot of money. I, you know, I, 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 have a, I have a large team in Grafton Street working on, on 5,000 people, uh, thousands of people, uh, like from 20 to 93, and they're organizing 100 dates every week and they're on call. The staff are on call seven nights a week when the dates are happening. So mm. if John is running 10 minutes late to meet Mary in Bundoran, John calls us and we pass on messages. So yeah, are they willing to pay money? They're willing to pay money. Uh, should, should they expect something for free? We, we, we often get asked at the end of my 20 minute sort of triage conversation with people to see if we mm. can take them on. So is it a free service? I'm like, I'm mm. just after telling you, I've got, you know, a team of staff and doing this. So when it's matters of the heart, people feel that it almost should be free. There's an mm. entitlement there that we're thinking, oh, sure, I was hard done, done by. I had a bad breakup, you mm. know, so, you know, I deserve to get happiness, don't I? I was like, we're not saying you don't deserve to get happiness. We're saying the service is here to provide you with so- something professional. And something professional costs money. Uh, so yes, is the answer. I suppose they are willing to pay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But we turn away more people than we take on is yes. the key thing. That's surprising. And and it's down to the travel policy. It's down to the age thing. Uh, I don't know if you want to chat about the age. Uh, Go for it. Like, it's a serious issue. Um, everyone feels that they look younger. They'll always say, now, now, I'm 50, but I look 40 because I do Pilates and I do yoga. I eat an awful lot of fish and I drink water like it's going out of fashion. So my complexion is great. My omega levels are fantastic. And so I'm That like, doesn't oh, sound like good. John and Kerry that's saying that. No, no, no. This is more, uh, this is more I'm Miriam. a simple man. Uh, <laughs> I'm a simple man. It sounds like more Mary in, um, in Dundrum is saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there's a lot of Rathgars. Uh, I'll yeah. travel between Rathgar and Dartry. At a push, I might go to Rathmines. Um, but yeah, so the age thing, they're 50 and they look 40. So 
they're thinking, well, have you got lots of 40 year old men? And we're like, yeah, we do have 40 year old men, but 40 year old men are ringing up looking for 22 year old women. Mm. So this is the issue. But a lot of the time, Circa might have gotten a bit of attention uh, back in the day in, 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 in wherever she was out um, in Lilies or something. And she might have gotten an awful lot of attention from younger folk. And we're thinking, well, the guy who was 40 wasn't exactly looking for a long-term, meaningful, committed relationship with you there, Mary. So, But she thinks automatically, well, he was 10 years younger, so that's what I should be going for, guys who are 10 years younger. But mm. guys, when they turn 40, become horrendously difficult to deal with. So there's a lot of Peter Pan syndromes out there, a lot of commitment phobic sort of stuff. Yeah. The mammies will be spoiling them rotten, saying, oh, yeah. she don't believe in me. Your grandpa you are. No one will cook and clean the way I cook and clean for you. She, yeah. She's only looking to get pregnant. She's only looking for your land. Yeah, and so yeah. they become super paranoid. Is there an age range which is the most successful? So in other words, uh, let me let me even give you a let me <laughs> let me give you a kind of a morbid, um, let's say, estimation of this. I would say the scoring rate of ninety-three-year-olds is extremely high, based on the idea that well, it's either now or fucking never. Um, Very so, much so. I kind of you know the way you see them on a blind date or whatever, and it's like John is sixty-six, Mary is seventy-three. Oh, he's lovely. I'll take her. It's grand. Joe will spend, you know, she'll see me out. Uh, well, you'd, you'd be surprised. Um, uh, the older, uh, sometimes people often say, well, I'm this age, so I don't want to meet one of your young representatives. And I'm like, well, wisdom doesn't always come with age. And people don't also, you know, become really knowledgeable about what is going to be good for them when they get older. A lot of the time people get more and more set in their ways, in which that's case right. they become more belligerent and more stubborn. And they're like, well, I'm not going to suit that. I'll suit myself. And that's it. It's all me, me, me. So uh, highest success rate would probably be in the most densely populated age range, which is 33 to 49. You'd get the, the most because people are thinking, OK, I'm going to cop on now because we, we're the eldest uh, as a nation that we've ever been in terms of getting married. We're 38 mm. for men. We're 34 and a half for women. And it's yeah. because we spend years and years and years furthering, developing ourselves, going to college. You know, this is why the this is why the policy of uh, profession what, and what's uh, your hit rate, Fergal? Do you have a hit rate? One in four would end in marriage or long term relationships or whatever you deem success to be. Yeah, and a third of our business is word of mouth. So it's it's very high. I mean, of the. Uh, but it's only high because we say no to so many people. We say no to the people that you wouldn't want to date if you were on the market, you know, because the people you, you don't want to date are the people I don't want to deal with because it, it'd be a nightmare. Like 99% of our clients, beautiful, lovely, so How do you tell them, Fergal? With. How do you tell somebody, how do you tell somebody, first of all, give us an example of somebody you may have turned down or the type of person you may have turned down. Obviously, no real names. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, well, well, yesterday, okay, yesterday, a person on the phone who was uh, willing to sign up, wanted to sign up, paid deposit, then uh, said, I don't like the fact that you don't get a picture. And I was like, we don't get a picture. That's been one of our, you know, most, uh, that that's that's our KPI. That's uh, not our KPI. That's uh, that's the word I'm looking for I'm, is escaping me. Unique, unique um, USP? Selling point. That's our USP. Is the fact that we don't show, we don't send photographs, phone numbers, or uh, addresses out there. Mm. And uh, she said, well, you know, who's going to decide on, um, on on the looks department what I actually want? And I'm saying, well, you've, you've hired a team of professionals who are doing this that are globally trademarked. Um, you know, so we take looks into account. We can see you. We can see him. So you mm. decide. You're playing God for me, are you? You're going to play mm. God, are you? I was like, mm. God, no, I'm not playing God. I'm just saying, you know, based on, you know, her looks and her the, her fitness and everything that she does, she's a very outgoing, active, you know, person. So we're going to match her with her counterpart. And 
she couldn't get her head around the fact that she had to actually abide by certain rules. So there's certain people who are incapable of actually letting go of the reins. And what that does then is it, it impedes their chances entirely of ever meeting anyone because they think, no, I'll have it my way and that's it. And I'm saying, well, if it's all about looks, then go online. I mean, we're not going to cheapen our brand to that of a an online dating site where people just dismiss people for one picture that's, let's face it, probably 10 years old and filtered mm. to within an inch of its life. So we look at people and we take that uh, into account. One would have thought, I mean, um, you, you look well yourself, Fergal. You're, you're, look, you're well groomed, oh, your nice man. hairstyle. Um, your skin really looks good. That. It looks like you've had done some Pilates and taken care of yourself. You know, <laughs> plenty yeah, of fish. Yeah, yeah, plenty of fish. And uh, one would have thought that maybe that the reason for that is your lifestyle and the fact that you've made so many people happy by bringing them together in love. But really, I, 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 I understand from talking to Patrick about it in the background that actually it can be kind of a troubled area and that like it's a bit of a nightmare sometimes behind the scenes. And that like some people, for example, like some people might be quite abusive, even if they if they don't even think they find what they want from you. Oh, I mean, people's attitude would be I on the phone in the in the little triage moment that we have at the very beginning. We have around a 20 minute conversation to determine whether we can take the person on. They'll say, you know, I've been hard. I've been hard done by. I'm not about to waste my time, waste my money, waste anything. You will get me what I want because I'm paying you a good fee. I want them living there. I want them looking this way. I want them this height. I want them in that career. And that is what you'll get from me because I'm entitled and I'm Celtic Tiger entitled. And uh, and this is what I feel I'm due because I've been hard done by. Should the wife was drinking white wine nonstop. So she's gone and she was crazy. So now I feel I deserve everything to fall on my lap. And that's how they feel. They really, really get intense and they get aggressive. And you wouldn't think it. People have this misconception about matchmaking agents, agencies thinking that it's all lovey-dovey and it's all, all oh, roses and daffodils and all oh, be great. Oh, get yeah. people together. And yes, it is that when you're really careful about who you actually deal with in the first place. But the amount of threats that we get and the amount of abuse that we get, I mean, the amount of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sue you because John might go out with Mary and John says, oh, do you know, good enough date. Had a nice time. Pleasant lady. Nice chat. Nice food. But give me an example. Me. Yeah. Give me an example of something you might hear from somebody in the first two minutes that, that is a hint in your mind that it's actually going to go well. So when, some, when you're triaging somebody and she or he is talking, what's the, give me an example of an expression or something they might say, which you go, yeah, this person, they're on the right line. I can see that they, 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 they're, they're had, I can see that this might be a successful person. What kind of stuff do I'm, they say? I'm glad you asked. So they say, do you know what? I'm not expecting the sun, moon and stars. I'm expecting to go out and have a nice experience and meet nice, interesting people who are also in the same position as myself, who would like to maybe if it's going to happen. Great. The worst thing that can happen, I make friends. I build up, you know, social circles and I get out there more and more and I get to live life and experience life, especially post COVID. Uh, And I know it's not not guaranteed because a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, do you guarantee love? And we're like, no, we guarantee five guaranteed dates. That's what we do. We can bring a horse to water. We can't guarantee success. So the people who tend to get success and people who I'm like, oh yeah, come on in, no problem. It can take five minutes and I'll know you're definitely for us are people who say they're humble, they're down to earth. Sure, I'm all right looking. I'm grand. I'm no, I'm no oil painting, but they're self-deprecating. They are just honest and real and they say, tell it like it is. Do you know what? I know it's a tough job. You must be doing Jesus. I wouldn't do it myself. Those people are bang on and they get success. And that's what the majority of our clients are. And that's yeah. why it's so successful. 
Good. Under promise and over deliver. Do you know what I love about these things? I mean, I presume you've just accumulated massive amounts of anecdotes over the years, but I have a little list of taglines, oh, yeah. which I haven't even read before, Fergal. So to me, they're all new and they just all look bizarre. So do you, ta- you take them up when, from whenever you want. You can tell me to skip one if you want to. Man who drank from the gravy boat. OK, dating etiquette. Men in Ireland do need a little bit of advice on this. Um, man went on date. Woman orders three courses. Nice enough restaurant. Man continues to, you know, delve into his big, big, big pile of spuds and whatever else he's getting into in his big piece of chicken or whatever, a big chicken wing. And then instead of pouring the gravy on top of the food beforehand, which most people might do, he just took a big, huge gulp of gravy with a mouthful already inside. And uh, you're one, uh, yeah, not best pleased, let's say. Um, uh, yeah, uh, d- d- dating etiquette is, is a big issue. I mean, yeah. the women will often be saying stuff like, geez, he's a grand guy, but my God, the slurping, the slurping. Slurping, and okay. Geez, oh, the, the, the biscuit after. Yeah. Will, will you have a biscuit? I will have a biscuit. You should geez, know, though, that eventually we all end up with slurpers. You know, we marry this beautiful, <laughs> beautiful person, but they actually end up slurpers anyway. So that's who we end up with. Okay, Laurie Lode Mickey's. So uh, using kind words uh, to describe how you felt your date went and, uh, you know, kind words like my kids learn in school, kind words, kind hands, kind heart. Yeah. So uh, looks wise, some people rate themselves up here as Brad Pitt. I'm like, dude, you're no Brad Pitt. Relax there now. Mm. And so Mammy would have told me I'm a lovely boy all my life. And so I believe it. So I'm 30 stone, but I'll still ask for a nice slim blonde who's a size eight. Yeah. And blue eyes. So he, he might say stuff like, Arsha, Jesus, she was grand and all, but Christ, if I had a Laurie Lord of Mickey's, I wouldn't give her one. And okay. uh, this is genuine feedback that has been uh, heard over the years. Man who brought anim- farm animals on a date? Yeah. Some people uh, have the, the, the wrong idea about what will be a romantic first date. Uh, and, and, and sometimes when women are even a little bit creeped out, if you bring flowers or a teddy bear on the first yeah. date, they're thinking, oh, Jesus, get away from me. Are you dating your mother? Like, go away, go away, go away. But yeah, an entire, like a lot of farm, like 20 something farm animals. And then they got loose around a field outside the restaurant and like, and this was supposed to be romantic. Yeah. Not great. Man who apologized for being late for date as he had to kill his dog. True story. Everything is true here, actually. Uh, so, uh, uh, had chickens. Um, the dogs ate a few chicken. The dog ate a few chickens, apparently. And uh, he came in. He apologized for, for. He said, "I had to shoot my dog." And she's saying, "Oh God, no, really? You're thinking like empath- empathetic towards him because the dog must have been ill and you know not going great." But no, 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 no. The fucker ate a chicken. He won't do that again, will he? Right. Man brought a picture of his dead dog on the date and placed it in the centre of a table. In fairness, in fairness now, you'd have I've to I've heard say, of ah. Tinder and Tinder always get pictures. Your, pro, your bio is always pictured with a fluffy golden retriever, but you don't put a dead dog on the table. No, it was a picture of the dog when the dog was alive, though, to be fair to the poor man. Oh, okay. But yes, yeah, she, she's like, oh, really? Mm, yeah. Okay, uh, let me see. Um, I'm just reading these as I go along. Um, woman who thought a man was on the spectrum as he didn't laugh at her jokes. Yeah, unfunny woman thought man was on the spectrum just because she's unfunny and unsound. <laughs> and he's actually bang on, who has a great sense of humor, but she'll actually out the guy as being on the spectrum and autistic. Like the stuff people will say about other people, which is not founded at all, is pretty shocking. Kerry man sniffing his hands during date. 
Did you remember that one? Was well, it silage? Silage. Yeah, he was just after silage. doing a whole day of silage. So Jesus, yeah, that's a real turn on for the ladies. The ladies love a bit of silage on the on the fingers. A guy said he can imagine murdering someone on a date. Now that wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, th- this is not a person who was an intro client, by the way. <laughs> just to okay, be yeah, just yeah. be very clear, they come in. Uh, they come in and tell us stories. This is why I'm joining you guys. Um, so yeah, he went on a date, first date, and said to your one, "My friends no longer invite me on any summer holidays, and I'm really pissed off at it." And she's like, "Oh, why aren't they?" Well, they think um, I might kill someone, and you know what? I think I might too. Jesus. Menacing beyond belief. So you can imagine the yeah. Man, a guy gave out about a woman who had a turn in her eye. <laughs> he had one eye. One, yes. I I mean, that's just, I, I, I don't know Pot what to say on black. that. Pot kettle and you just, yeah, you can't win. Yeah, I love this tone of this. I checked my watch and it was 8.23 p.m. I checked again later and it was fucking 8.24. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the moral of the story there is keep the conversation flowing, guys. If you feel it's not going anywhere, please make an effort. Ask questions without actually looking like you're interrogating people. What about the dating post-COVID? Has that changed anything? Has that changed your world? Amazingly so, yeah, yeah. It's it's been a gift, uh, actually. Um, And it's because 80% of people used to meet pre-COVID either in college, work, or socially. And then with remote working, e-learning, and then the not socializing, uh, people are thinking, geez, what am I going to do now? So we closed the office on the 12th of March, 2020, and saw an immediate surge. And we just pivoted the whole business and went online, went virtual. And um, we could have just gone to bed and got depressed and whatever else. We said, no, let's do this. So it really did work and Mm -hmm. it's grown year on year and uh, people are better to deal with. There's two two, uh, sort of sides of people. One side, people are filled with anxiety and they're uh, apprehensive and really nervous and really like, Jesus, I lost two and a half years of my life. The others are thinking, light bulb moment. I focus now on what's important going forward. It's not the yeah. career. It's not climbing the ladder. It's actually experiencing people and having a life for myself and having kids because so many people left it till 39, 40, 41. Then they're panic stations. Jesus, I need kids now, but I'm loaded, but I need kids. And then the 41-year-old women ring for the 41-year-old guy and you know what he's looking for. So that's the problem. Now there's been a light bulb moment and guys are much better at expressing interest on dates. So we have more men now saying, Mary, I like you and I want to see you again because he's fearful of another sort of, you know, fiasco or something else that might happen. He goes, I'm not going to let that happen again. And more men were joining throughout the pandemic as well, because women are great in these kind of crazy, uh, horrific times at keeping in touch with each other. So they're much better at supporting each other. Mm. Whereas men, if they don't have the pub or the club or the men's shed um, uh, to go to, they're less inclined to keep in touch. Do you find that, this is a a related, do you find that women over the last 20 years or so have become uh, more forward um, and more, let's say, for want of a better word, more aggressive, let's say, in their um, in their approach to men. I mean, this is actually a function of my age that I'm asking this question because in a sense, yeah. I've been out of the dating scene for, let me see, 27 years, right? Go so, well yeah, so, so 27 years. So I still lived in an age where, Kind of, it was still more of a traditional world, but I get the the sensation that looking from the outside in, that like, you know, you hear stories and you go, wow, women are just so empowered nowadays that they, in fact, they lead, they, they lead, they're ahead of men in terms of, let's say their, um, let's say proactiveness in seeking mm-hmm. a partner. Did you, do you find that? 
100%. I mean, uh, down to the whole, you can just see it in terms of education. For every one woman in Ireland who has third level education, there's only 0.6 of an equivalent male. The one for one doesn't exist. That's mm. why when they're ringing up, they're often saying, well, I've got a TCD, you know, master's. Yeah. Why can't he? And so they're so determined and empowered and ready to like rock. They're unbelievably fit. Usually they're really intelligent. They're real go-getters and they know what they want. But sometimes they know too much what they want. And then they start micromanaging it. And then it becomes a, a control kind of thing. Uh, and then it becomes overwhelming to the men of Ireland who are thinking, Jesus, do you know what? I just want someone calm, cool, collected, humble, decent, down to earth. A lot of guys then ring up and say, have you any foreign women on your books? And what that's code for is I'm scared of Irish women because they're too threatening, because they're too advanced and they're too impressive. And I can't keep up. That's that's what it means when they ring and ask for foreign women. Yeah. Um, what about the idea of opposites attract? Like, I guess, you know, love is a love is a love is a, a strange, you know, a f- phenomenon in many ways. So, for example, putting people together on the basis of, uh, let's say, um, they like English literature and your man likes history. Mm, English literature and history might go together. Or she was third level educated. He was third level educated. Oh, at least they'd be able plenty to talk about. But sometimes opposites attract completely. Like a really oh. small girl might go out with a really, really tall guy or a tall girl might go out with a small guy. They might be very disparate in terms of their education and even their mm. likes, you know, that kind of thing. Does, is that, can, you, can you put those kind of people together in your agency? Uh, we do all the time. But the point is, the problem is, and I always say it every single day to most people, stop having a type. Please, your type has not worked thus far. Please listen yeah. to the advice. So people who are capable of taking advice, heeding it and actually living it and working through it will be people who will get success. And just, you know, I, I've had a, a you know situation where the woman, she was, I think she was a college lecturer, spoke seven languages. Uh, she was vegetarian. Um, really impressive, unbelievably like impressive person. And I know this because this was an opposite track story that I think Pat Kenny asked us to do. And uh, uh, it, then we had this guy and he was a abattoir owner, not a vegetarian, as you can imagine, mm. and uh, did not have third level education, but was a lovely, very clued in, copped on, street smart fella. And so we said, geez, these guys are amazing. And you wouldn't do that. No one else would match them together unless you had a team of humans talking about yeah. how nice she is even though she has all this education. Anyway, long story short. You mean an algorithm wouldn't put them together? No. If there is an algorithm out there that, you know, was going to be 100% guaranteeing success, probably Elon or Mark Zuckerberg would have bought it at this stage. There'd be no single people. So it doesn't work. It's about about minimizing the drama. It's about being as uh, intuitive as possible. It's about ruling out all the difficulties that we put in our way and just letting humans make the decision and just people listening to advice. So those two, that woman, she said, I went on a couple of dates and I was like, Oh, Jesus, I'm being fierce, fussy, am I? I just, I just, uh, I want a red bike. I came in wanting a red bike. And then I realized, no, cop yourself on, Mary. I just need a bike. So she settled for a bike. And then we're watching uh, Wimbledon. And who's there? Only the two of them. Uh, and he definitely wasn't at Wimbledon before. Uh, but yeah, I mean, opposites 100% attract. Yes, if they allow it to happen. And that's the that's letting go of the reins is the biggest thing. And not worrying about what's going to happen is the biggest thing. Because Irish guys in particular fear rejection like you wouldn't believe yeah i guess so yeah uh Fergal, we're going to be probably this 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 episode probably goes out around close to the rose of Tralee, and uh you have a little anecdote you have a little story yourself about the rose of Tralee, didn't you well it's 
it's I just realized it's 10 years since I sang the Rose of Tralee in the Dome. And uh, I was invited to do that. And I was very happy because I used to be a, a bit of a wedding singer back in the day. It was always the love theme. And uh, I went on singing when she was announced as the winner and uh, meant to be a minute and a half with the Garda band. And uh, there I am. And a minute and a half goes and then two and a half go and then three and a half go up to five minutes and 50 seconds of singing The Pale Moon is Rising and holy Lord, uh, it was Dottie was there probably just laughing at me in the back thinking, wow, this was uncomfortable uh, to say the least, but I got through it. <laughs> you got through it. Fantastic. Well, Fergal, listen, um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you um, and thank you for those. So listen, it, the, 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 it goes on and it, it grows in strength, yeah? Yeah, we've got a global trademark now. Uh, so we're going to roll out franchise in UK, then Europe. And um, yeah, it's 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 strong. It's it's going well just because I suppose it's our passion. And we do like, we. I know I joke. I know we talked about a lot of crazy and a lot of whatever. Mm. I don't want that to be uh, misleading to think that everyone is Join Lula. Join Fergal's bunch of crazies and their no. dead dogs. Stop. They're all lovely. No, the maternity ward uh, uh, pictures that we get, the, the pictures from the wedding that we get, they're amazing. That's what keeps us all going, not to be all soppy. And the girls in the office, they say, geez, like, God, got another referral off your man. Because the, the people will actually ring and they'll say, they'll tell their lad friends on the QT, here, ring that crowd on Grafton Street. They're very decent. They won't say it at the speeches at the wedding. That's just Irish. And that's what we've just come to appreciate. There's still yeah. a taboo, still a slight stigma. That's fine. That's never going to go. Yeah, I think your yeah your USP is definitely your confidentiality, though, because of the country we live in. You know, it's mm-hmm. absolutely essential. So keep that going, Fergal. Um, listen, thanks. pleasure talking to you, and thanks very much for co- for coming on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's it. My thanks to Fergal Harrington, and don't forget to uh, have a look at intro matchmaking if you are in search of love yourself. Don't forget to check out Dahi O'Shea's episode from last week and our best of comedy summer blockbuster. Same time, same place. See you again next week. Listener.